0: Hey, what if I have this system that can do the radio show from my home and I can send you my voice work? This is before MP3, before the things that we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And instead of you paying an employee on all the islands, you just pay me. And I want X amount of dollars. And he said without blinking, Yeah. And I walked away with, I should have asked for more money. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I started doing radio out of my home just like this. So like, you know, uh,
1: I believe this. It before like big internet and everything. Yeah. Before the podcast, before iHeartRadio. Yeah.
0: Basically. So if you look online and you hit Augie Radio from home, you'll see it, I was in a room. And my wife was my sidekick. My friend Timmy, who lived down the road, was like another sidekick. And we'll just have fun. And I had one, uh, 1-800-LINE and people would call me, I would take calls from, you know, every island, They just didn't know how to sell it at that time. Mm. And now look at how it's involved, you know? So I'm a firm believer in what we're doing right now in reaching the world because, you know, I got a little taste of it. I just never stick with it. And, you know, life uh, throws all kinds of curveballs at you. And You know, I just learned how to, you know, slip and move. Hey buddy, and you're, your you're
1: hitting a bunch of those curveballs, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Hawaii real everybody. We have with us Augie T. No introduction necessary. You all know who he is. He's a famous comedian here in Hawaii. And now you're running for a council, a city council for District 9. District 9, if you don't know, is Eva Beach, Waipahu, Mililani, Waikele. And Waikele. Kunia. Waipo. It's
0: like over 125,000 residents. Huh? Over 50,000 registered voters and over 30,000 homes.
1: That's a a little bit.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I started the campaign last August because I felt that it was important because, yeah, you might have name recognition, but it's a double-edged sword, and I wanted people to really take me serious. I mean, for almost 10 years, they saw me on TV eating people's food. You know, I've been in the community for 28 years, and I've done some cool stuff. Never really talked about it because I really felt like you don't have to boast when you're doing good things. Right. Uh, Right. And I just felt like it was time for me to serve after 28 years. People gave me so much, sent my kids to school, gave me a pretty cool, decent life. And at 52, now that the kids are all adults and they all learn how to have thick skin because they were bullied in school because everybody taught that, you know, dad made decent amount of money. Everything gets handed to them. No, man, my kids bust their ass to find their own identity. And uh, that's what I'm proud about. Mm -hmm. I'm proud most that the kids, you know, took the key and they drove the car. You know what I mean? And that's what you want. You want opportunities. And, you know, after 50, 28 years, I'm 52. After 28 years of, uh, you know, performing, making people smile, I just felt like it was time for me to give back, and the last, you know, five years have really helped me um, be solid on that decision because you know I, my daughter started a foundation, Brave Hawaii, my daughter Mahielani, and uh, you know started going to schools. And I grew up extremely poor in Kalihi Valley.
1: Yeah, because you're Camp for Housing. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I mean I I patrolled Camp for Housing years ago for about eight years. Oh, were you a Kalena Drive boy or Karunu? Yeah. Kalena. Kalena Drive? 2141 Kalena in.
0: Drive. Oh. <laughs> building one. And when I said I was like at a very young age, and I was telling you prior to this, we're getting on mic. There's a lot of people that inspired me. yeah. And I knew that I was going to do something in life. Mm. So to make that solid in the windowsill of 2141 G Kalena Drive. I don't know if it's still there because they did renovation. Yeah. I got the screwdriver and went digging my name (laughs) because I wanted to let people know. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever was living there that I lived in that house.
1: That's probably still there. I don't think they they renovated. They didn't do anything much with the concrete. I don't think.
0: Yeah. So once in a while, when I'm driving by, I think my kids, they don't want to hear the story. But like, you know, I sat on those poles with my friends and we dreamt about doing amazing things. And the last five years doing the school programs, working with the mayor on the Big Island mayor, Billy Kinoi, Lieutenant Governor Shan Setsui, and being around my daughter who said, you know, you challenge kids to step outside the box. You challenge teachers. You challenge communities." Why don't you run oh yeah why don't you do something really out of the box mm-hmm. and I've always had an interest but wasn't really ready and I enjoyed making people laugh and that's why when people say you know my experience, I almost laugh at that because what is that
1: right What it's is like that political experience because you have a crap ton of life experience right I mean you've you've you're the success story you've taken yourself from public housing, and if anybody doesn't know where cam housing is, it's the housing complex off of leaky leaky Highway um, on the, in the Kalihi side, and you've become a success story by your own bootstraps, you've lifted yourself up and used your talents to make yourself a living, you yeah, know?
0: And, and I was around good people, mm-hmm. people that challenged me, people that inspired me, and, you know, because I grew up in a house of, you know, five brothers you know uh, and we all came from the same house we all have we all took different paths in life but you know when people blame the community and people blame other people and they point their finger you know i uh, it's so easy for me to look back and if you look at all the stats people love showing stats i should have been in jail i should have been dead you know i should have been an alcoholic but, like, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, uh, we hear and see and easy for a kid growing up in a community to go, ooh, that's what I'm going to become, you know. And, yeah, I've seen that. But, like, we also have people that see good, you know what I mean? And like, you know, I, I was so blessed to be endorsed by, you know, Shopo. And, you know, even now, being endorsed by Shopo, I get People on the internet going You know like being on the wrong side of history I'm going Man you know what I understand get good cops I understand get bad cops But I'm going to tell you My experience I was around inspiring cops That challenged me That did good in the community And that's what I see You know what I mean You cannot blame a whole department For a few bad eggs Everywhere you go Every job that you do You get those people You cannot run away from it.
1: You know what I mean? There's bad doctors. There's bad plumbers. There's bad. Everything, everything, right? Yeah. Everything.
0: You know, and the thing is, you know, you guys are in the spotlight all the time. Mm. You guys uh, protect and serve. And the sad thing is that when one or two, it's loud. Yeah. You know, magnifies everything. But, you know, it's like that in your workplace every single day. You know, uh, the group of friends that you hang around with. So, you know, I was. inspired by many people and 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 thankful for that life I got because it taught me valuable lessons it taught me valuable lessons of giving and serving and looking at people not for what they are you know but looking really inside and listening and 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 you know asking questions finding what their heart is really about you know because it was easy for me to be judged and I got judged all my life coming from there, you know, um, being dyslexic, you know, I'm
1: ADHD. No. Oh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I never would have known that you were dyslexic at all.
0: Yeah. I still have challenges with okay. that. And that's why, like, I, you know, I stopped short of my, uh, process sometimes because I'm thinking so way ahead. And, you know, when I'm looking at words, I got to slow down when mm-hmm. I, the last 28 years, of you know, doing movies and commercials, I asked the casting director, can you give me the script the day before so that I can take a look and be familiarized with Cause once I understand the essence, it's a little bit easier for me. Um, but it's always been challenging. You know, I've always had people say, No, you're not gonna do you cannot do it. I had so and more of that and because I was in around because I was around inspiring people that pushed let that just kind of roll off my shoulders when people said, no, and it burned the fire on them. I'll call it to mm. go. Let me prove to you that you can. Yeah. And not to be vengeful, but it was more of like believing in yourself, understanding that, you know, you work hard enough, you can overcome and achieve amazing things, you know?
1: Would you be where you are if you didn't have the naysayers?
0: Yeah. Honestly, you know, people like to say no, but I'm just that guy. You know, I have good people around me. I surround myself with good people. And the naysayers, they just, you know, they light a they light a fire. That's mm-hmm. it. But like I don't um, when I see people attack, I just delete. That's the beautiful thing about now, right? You just delete them. Yeah. You know, and people come in, if they have the nerve to come up and tell you in your face, you listen and you don't respond back. You just kind of, okay, that's your opinion, you know, but are you open and willing enough to listen to what I have to say? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the problem we have in this world. It's so black and white now. There's no rational thinkers, you know, there's no...
1: We've can become, I sit down? Yeah, yeah I'm very polarized, yeah.
0: Right, you kind have a conversation. It's so weird that when you go door to door and people ask you, what are you, Republican or Democrat? I go, I'm local.
1: <laughs> How's that? Yes, like? that's a good answer. I like that. You know
0: what I mean? Because yeah. I can work with both sides. Mm-hmm. I'm running as a nonpartisan. Like, I like some of the things that Republicans do. I love some of the things that the Democrats do. But why do we have to have a disagreement on everyday life? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. so weird to me. And, uh, you know, it's so encouraging when you can have a real good conversation, you know, agree to disagree, because you learn, you you learn something, you know. You might not be swayed, but at least you had the audacity to listen and take away something from it. Or you can be mad, whatever, you know. At the end of the day, I'm sleeping, and I'm going... I did the best I could today. Yeah. I am happy with Augie. I'm good. I have a good family. I have an encouraging family. I have a family that's 100% behind me. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. you know.
1: Is there any politician historically, currently, that you um, find inspiration from?
0: That's a good question. No one's ever asked me that question.
1: Because hmm. well, when I see you running and I hear about what you're doing, um, one person comes to mind. Uh, Ronald Reagan Mm. You know, and he's been known as the great communicator Right And his um, second term was a landslide
0: Yeah You know, I uh, Of course was super inspired You know, I really never got into politics that much I love Listening to John F. Kennedy speak And of course Reagan, definitely I was inspired by Obama You know um, I like a little of Trump, believe it or not I don't, you know, some of the things that he said I don't like, but I mean, you cannot disrespect a person who's doing what he said he was going to do. And it's so hard nowadays, right? To find people like that. And I go, man, at some point, where have we lost respect? You know, and I know respect comes from the top, but like you as a person, you have to step back a little bit and go, that's somebody of authority. I got to respect that person. I might not like them, but I got to respect that mm-hmm. person. You know, what is it? How is any politician stopping you from having a good sleep at night? Yeah. You know, what are they doing? They're prowling on you. Know, you're, like, you're so hateful. Yeah. It's like you know I mean? our like,
1: lives like, haven't changed that correct. much. Right? Why don't
0: you step up? You know when people do those things and they get mad and they yell and they scream, I almost like tell them, hey, why don't you step up and do them then? Yeah. Because everybody has amazing ideas, amazing answers Then go do them You know what I mean? Why are you waiting for somebody to make a mistake? Why are you willing to look at all the wrongs? You know what I mean? How does that make your life better? And that's where for me, like This whole process has made me a better person, honestly You know, I'm coming into this bright-eyed, bushy-tailed You know what I mean? And uh and I said last night at a party That You know for 28 years I've had to talk And it's weird to be the guy that now has to listen You know and That has brought me great value And I got to kick and scream sometimes Because You know I've been my own man You know paving my own road for 28 years Now this is different you know I gotta learn how to do this job Quickly And I gotta learn how to adapt And I have to learn how To become Something that That's new to me So that people who On the fence Will see That Augie's more than just A comic People don't like me and not gonna vote for me You know what I mean I hope maybe Along the line I can win them over But You're not going You know what I mean I'm trying to Talk to the everyday guy that struggle, that loves a community, that wants a better life in Hawaii, that's who I like to talk to, that's sitting on the fence and go, I can't relate to that guy, you know? So I'm uh, I'm learning so much about Augie as a person, and you can't teach old dogs new tricks. (laughs) For 28 years, I've been able to sneak in messages that I truly believe in, where it's funny, but then people go, oh, that made sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And
1: Are you going to bring comedy to uh, politics?
0: I'm going to be Augie. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I've never felt like that was a performance on stage. I caught on early on in my career that I was a great storyteller. And I'm an officer I, I love to watch people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I tell people I'm like a mirror of society I see the things If it makes me laugh I'm going to talk about it So get plenty of people that go I'll let me on comic Because I can make people laugh If you can do that Like how you do in your family settings And you can say And be that person on stage Then you might make it Finding your voice, you know what I mean. And for me, I just told stories. People go, "How come you don't talk about Japanese people?" Well, I really never have Japanese friends.
1: Not too many Japanese at for Valley. Housing, right? But...
0: right. Samoans, Filipinos, local guys. You know, uh, funny family gatherings. I told stories, and if I saw something that was so outrageous, I put, "What would a local guy do?" if he was in that situation. Like when I used to watch early UFO documentaries, mm-hmm. and you would hear a guy from the Midwest go, I was driving down the desert, and all of a sudden I saw this light, right? And it's so convincing, he crying, light came down, took me up on board, the UFO. And I used to think, wow, it's so funny. Can you imagine if a local guy had the opportunity and saw something, and he was on TV. And that's what I did. I put a local brother that's super innocent, and that's what I love about our culture, the people. You know what I mean? We're from Hawaii, and one local guy can identify with one other local guy, not even your, I don't have to be Hawaiian, Filipino. Get Filipino guys, they go, hey, how's up? And one we'll road all a day, right? And they talk, and they sound like us, doesn't matter what race, right? And I used to always put those guys in that situation. And that's how I did it. So I would watch shows like that. And i go, what if a local guy was that guy? We was at home watching this guy go, bro, I was driving by car a point. All of a sudden. I would look up. I saw one light. I don't care what anybody says. People at home going to be like, I bet you he's a smoky buckle <laughs> You know what I mean, and that's the funny inside of it, you know, and that's why I love doing it because I always try to put local people in those funny situations because we always had an uncle that said funny things. You know, uh, my first DVD, I was at Walmart and his local brother, choke tattoos on his face on his neck, he looked at me and oh, Argiti. And I was like, "Oh, big guy, right?" Bah, I tell you something. I what you to like tell me. He goes, "Buy your DVD, bro, and really inspire me, make me laugh during hard times." Cause me, I was incinerated for like four years. <laughs> and you know, and uh, and I get it with local brothers like use big words. Cause I still, <laughs> I'm that guy too. And I always felt like that's not funny. That's innocent, and people laugh at that. Because we know that guy. yeah, And that's why I think it's been fun. Because it was not about teasing. It was about recognizing who we are. We can take a joke. We like to laugh. And it brought some sort of healing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, you know, when you get guys come up to you in the 28 years and say, I want guy that came up to me and the Don Quixote and White Power looked me in the eye and said, I wanted to kill my son because he was gay. But I saw your DVD and I went, wow. And he hugged me. And you know, that's kind of stories that inspired me to continue to do what I did. And there's so many stories like that. You know, I would go to Seattle and do comedy every year. And one girl, that went to school there died in a DUI incident, a DUI driver, bang, she was from Hawaii. And she would always tell her parents that she went to the Augie show when I came to Seattle. And then one year the parents came just to honor her memory. And she told me the story and it, it really broke me down because, you know, you do this so much weekly. You don't know how much it affects somebody. You know, and when you hear that kind of stories, you just kind of go, wow, I was about to this planet to make people laugh. I'm doing more than that.
1: You're touching hearts. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, you know, and that's why I like, I'm taking this serious because, you know, you go into neighborhoods and you hear the same exact story. You know, I live, I love in my community. Been there for over 20 something years. I lived in Kalihi for 16 years of my life then y and YNI for 10 and now I live in ever for the last, you know, 20 something years. And I love my community. I love the district. 28 years, I did some good. know I mean, I'm like, I don't have to tell people that I've sent kids to school and did shows to help churches, schools, um, programs. You know, develop my daughter's brave Hawaii program, to so that she can inspire other kids to speak up. You know, so it's you know it's a it's a different kind of a passion for me. You know, and it's really really a passion to want to help and be the voice of people who think that I think people forgot about us there on the west side. Yeah,
1: a <laughs> little bit. Yeah. It's like going into politics. You have to want to help. And in some respect, you have to be, um, unsatisfied with what's going on currently to run for politics, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age with the internet and stuff like that. Your face is going to be all over. What for you, that's okay. Cause your face was all over already and your voice. So people know you, um, but it's going to help you grow. And I think with your influence, you're going to help a slew of other people grow.
0: Well, you know, one of the things that I uh, really thought about is how many kids maybe might be inspired to see hey, if this guy can do it, you know, I can. You know, and there's so much smart local kids that's relatable, that's a they go get them, right? That that attitude and like, we can, yeah, we can make a difference. And that's who I hope that, you know, uh, they can look at that and go, "Hey, uncle can do it." Sorry, it's so funny when you know I go online, and uh, and I see young kids doing some of my bits. Oh. you know, uh, people ask me like, "How come you don't do that online?" I go, "Because I'm 52
1: years old." Oh. <laughs> The Samoan president, that was... You know know
0: how old... That was like my
1: earliest joke. It's as relevant today as it was then. (laughs) You
0: know, it's like uh, what I was saying, right? I looked at all the nationalities, just that Samoan president is the one that hit. I did a Filipino president, President Makadang Dang. Dang, You know, and it was during a time where I did President Ulufale. I did President... Manny Mendoza. So I did all these different nationality of presidents and Super Sole Suka, who was a character that became President, Ufa. <laughs> took off. But like I love doing President maka Dang Dang, you know, because he was like, you know, oh thank you so much for voting for me. <laughs> you know that Filipinos we work hard, you know, and that we come with action. That's why you vote First thing I will do as the president of the United States is get rid of uh, groundskeeping because I cut <laughs> my own grass. And because, you know, uh, the White House, lots of room, I will open it up. I think section 8 if you want the rent. <laughs> and, you know, that's the kind of stuff that uh, made me laugh, right? And then the first Portuguese president would be, you know, like at the press conference or... At his inauguration speech, people would be telling him, "Get off, man. get off already!" Because he would be like, you know, oh, you know, my family came from what you go in 1822. <laughs> they, came, they came to Hawaii, and they said of they became lunas in the cane fields, and then my grandparents. <laughs> president 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 Mendoza, off. shut up! You don't tell me nothing. <laughs> I'm the president. If I like talk, I can talk all day. You guys don't understand the trials and tribulations that I've. <laughs> You know, so that's the kind of stuff that's super relatable to me that I remember seeing uncles who speak that way. I'm Filipino, right? I had Filipino uncles. My family came from the Philippines in 1916, you know, and I've never been labeled the Filipino comic. And I never liked being labeled a Filipino comic I'm the Hawaii comic mm-hmm. Because Hawaii, when you look around It's it's really the melting pot, right? But I had Filipino uncles that would say The most funniest things And I would sit there and listen to them For hours and how I had one Filipino uncle He thought he was the most Handsomest guy in the world I would watch him comb his hair I would watch him Like lather himself <laughs> up And look at me like, you see that boy? Huh? That's what the ladies like. (laughs) And he would hit on every lady before my auntie came from the Philippines. Before, because they had to wait, right? Yeah. yeah. They had the long quarantine before they became citizens to America. They had to wait. They had to go through the process. My Filipino family members had to go through the process before they came to Hawaii. Because my grandparents came from here. Came from the Philippines in 1916. They had their kids in Hawaii. So my 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 dad, my uncles, and my aunties were all natural-born residents of Hawaii before Hawaii became the United States of America. They were born in the kingdom of Hawaii and they became naturalized citizens. They had families in the Philippines, but my uncle had to wait. But I used to watch my uncle. Get ready. He used to hit on all the ladies until my Filipino auntie came. But he used to be like, oh my God, look at that. <laughs> look at that, you know. And, and I was, you know, a little boy. Watch these ladies respond to my uncle. He was like, you don't have to look at me. You can close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of line is that? But like, you know, I do that now. And people laugh because I saw it. You know what I mean? I don't want to ever talk about stuff that's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Like, how do you get those impressions? And how did you have to work on that to to build all those impressions uh, of people? Because you do them fantastically.
0: I think being around uh, my friends, like the Samoan Santa Claus <laughs> was the first time I used a Samoan accent. And uh, I was doing a show out in La'iyeh. Mm-hmm. And a Junior IU, who hired me, got paid 25 bucks, and I was so excited. It was called Concert with the Stars. Nobody knew who I was, and I was doing all these Polynesian jokes. So my very first Samoan joke was about the Samoan Santa Claus at Camar Housing. Everybody knew who he was, but he was Santa Claus for a day, and. He'd be like, Sally, hey, Favavi, Sawi, come over here. Come to Santa Claus, hurry up. And we were all standing in the line. And we knew that was the custodian. <laughs> but he was Santa Claus for that day. But he'd be like, hey, favave, hurry up, come over here. And that's what I used to listen to growing up, right? And be like, come over here. What is your name? Like, Augie. "Ockley." <laughs> <laughs> no, Sarah. Augie. That's what I said, Ockley. No, Santa. Augie, hey, hey, don't yell at me, ugly. I'm going to punch your face, <laughs> ugly, And you're really going to be ugly. So, you know That was a joke that we wrote But that's what they called me Ugly, No Augie <laughs> But, you know, because of the accent ugly. Yeah, <laughs> ugly. No, Augie ugly. <laughs> so, you know It was a It was a fun, rich You know Uh fun environment it was you know rich with you know uh soul and life and you know uh things that will never ever leave me because you know that's the root of everything i've seen it you know uh, i've seen it played out i mean some of my best friends were mahoos that could fight because mm-hmm. i needed them in my corner you know my
1: <laughs> you know mess we with watched, them yeah. oh,
0: we watched them evolve from Michael to Michelle, and I would call him Michael, <laughs> <it's> Michelle, <laughs> and they would beat you up. <laughs> but like, you know, uh, it was like embedded in a community and it was fun. You know, uh, nobody got hurt because of it, because we mm-hmm. knew each other, right? And, and that's the whole way that I grew up in, you know, and. Uh, yeah,
1: we didn't get offended about that
0: kind of no, stuff. No. And that's why it's hard to do comedy right now. And I thought maybe you know it was part of God's plan that I get into politics or community service on a higher level because I started noticing that that people are getting more offended by your views or your thoughts even though it's a form of entertainment and you should be able you have that right as an American, the freedom of speech. Like there's a difference between making people laugh and being hurtful in your speech. You know what I mean? And I don't know how that's getting mixed up. Like we're so sensitive that we cannot even really listen to what that person is saying. You know, we like to judge point finger, you know, and that's why it's tough. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, people go, you not worried about some of the bitch that no, man, I've been an open book for twenty eight years. You like find something that made it might have been edgy or, you know, on the line, go look. You know?
1: Yeah, I don't people have nothing people, to hide. People can say they're offended about whatever people talk about these days, but at the end of the day, it's like, no, I know you in the in your heart, in your house, whatever, you laugh at that. You find that funny. You find that truthful. You see that stereotype. Sure. It's like it's a funny. Right,
0: right. I, you know, Don't I get doing, offended at that. I was <laughs> doing comedy right down the road at Kahala Mall. You know, Kahala Mall is you know run by you know Hawaiian homelands, right? The the land. Mm-hmm. Kamehameha Schools, I think. And early on in my career, they thought, "Oh, it'd be funny to have a comic who's clean to do comedy at Kahala Mall." One, you don't do comedy in a mall, you know, because people shopping. Yeah. <laughs> you put musicians, you don't put a comic. Yet, you, you know the old Japanese men they go walk around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're sitting in front. That's that guy from Cheap Eats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or people looking at you like luggage at baggage claim. And after doing comedy for almost twenty-eight years, I know what rattles people. But then I also know that people understand the stereotype. So I did this joke that I thought was funny and I, and I still do think it's funny. I asked when you're doing a big crowd, you have to talk to the last person, the person that's walking, you know, and I've always been the kind of person that, if you don't like what people said, then you move on. Don't sit there and judge somebody. Don't come to a show to just judge and look. Like leave already. I always do a a little discretion before I go on and do my show. Like, if you're easily offended, you know, and if you're going to be critical, maybe you should leave right now. (laughs) So I know my boundaries. I've worked clean as a comic. Never squared on stage. I know the stereotypes. So one of the jokes that I did at Kalama was so funny, and I love this joke because if you're from Hawaii, you understand where the joke going. If you live in a box and you easy to criticize, then you might be offended. But the joke was uh, you got to ask questions, and that's how you do it when you work mm-hmm. in one mall because you're not going to get everybody's attention. You're talking to the five people mm-hmm. that's focused, but you got to try to talk to people that's walking. So I go, anybody like Mariah Carey? Mariah Carey fans? I love Mariah Carey. The only problem with Mariah Carey, she has that high octave range, you know. (laughs) Attract dogs my house. (laughs) You know that high pitch, attract dogs. Every time I play her CD, the neighborhood dogs come to my house. You know, one day I was sleeping and uh, my Filipino uncle came over, knocked on the door and said... Augusto, because that's my real name, Augusto, he's like, yeah, uncle, can I borrow your Mariah Carey CD? Yeah,
1: that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. That's so wrong. <laughs> right. But having worked in Kalihi, that's true. That was the joke. So this lady,
0: after the show goes, I know where you're going with it. It's so racist and so <laughs> offensive. And I don't wait, wait, what? I go, what did I say that my uncle is using a CD for bait? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's you're in your mind. You Why said that. Why did my uncle <laughs>
0: just like listening to Mariah Carey. But see, if you understand the culture and you understand what Filipinos was teased about, then you go, I get it. I get it. He was, I go, did I say that my uncle is playing a CD, waiting around the corner so that. He can knock the dog out and make a <laughs> adobo. I never said that once.
1: It was in her mind. Correct. She, she implanted that stereotype. And
0: that's the reason why we have what we have. Because this got to change. Mm-hmm. This got to change. If you're critical in here and in here, there's no way you're going to get over it.
1: Right. It's like if I, I see something mean? that is stereotypical, but you see it as a stereotype that, well, that's your problem. You're seeing it And that.
0: at the same time, those guys are so loud now because mm. of social media. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you have the right to do that and yell and scream, guess what? I have the right to feel the way I feel. I have the right to do the things that I do. But when we cannot come and talk to, sit down and have a conversation, And you're gonna be insulting, you're gonna be rude, then shame on you. The world will judge you if you love being on social media and you love being loud of not everybody gonna agree to what you're doing, you know, then hey, good luck. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be respectful, I'm gonna hear what you say, but wow man, you shallow. For just attack You know And I think uh, 28 years I've built A tough skin In this business Because I've had A lot of that You know I don't talk about it Too much Because I think If you bring it To the light Then It's there for everybody To see You know I let it go And that's what I like about social media Because you can just delete You know I'm not perfect you know, I've uh, said things that I maybe might have offended people, but I didn't. I apologize. You know, that's what what's so hard with saying sorry and meaning what you say. Like, I'm really sorry. Oh, yeah. uh, I got to go rehab because of that now, you know? So, you know, um, I built a tough skin around comedy and, you know, I don't want to compromise when it comes to, I think in politics you might have to, and so okay, mm-hmm. but you got to do the right thing. That's one of the things that I'm learning. Like if you can do the right thing and you feel good about it, you're going to be okay because you're going to get critics no matter what. Yeah.
1: Augie, it's been fantastic having you on, man. I was crying over here laughing. <I think> so, <laughs> best of luck to you. Thank you, uh, man. In this appreciate coming election. That time. All right. Everybody, Augie T, stay happy hoy. Jerry, thank you so much, man.